Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Glory to your name. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name. Where to my heart was the water. Glory to your name, glory to the name of all names.
and I cast them under my feet in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind and I curse the spirits of witchcraft, spies, and demonic forces. They are tied and bind and cast asunder away from us in the name of Jesus Christ, so be it. Amen. Turn to Genesis 15. We have quite a few different groups on social media. And on those groups, people have to answer questions, yes or no, about whether they believe in Jesus, follow Jesus as God. And on at least one or two of those groups, we also ask, do you support Israel? Do you believe that Israel has the right to the land of Israel? And I tell you, I have been utterly shocked at how many people answer that question by saying, I don't know. I don't know whether Israel has a right to that land or not. I am utterly shocked at how many people who call themselves Christians, who say that they're saved, that they're going to heaven, that they have read the Bible, or they're reading the Bible, or they're studying the Bible, or they believe the Bible, and yet they don't know the answer to that very simple, very elementary question about whether Israel has a right to the land of Israel. Has not anyone read the Bible? Anyone? What are they teaching in these churches? What are the pastors teaching? Amen. It must be nothing but a feel-good message because they are sure not teaching the people the Bible. Amen. I don't see how anybody could call themselves a Christian without supporting Israel. And I will even give you Bible verses that says exactly that. Of course, in different words. But spiritually, that is what it says. Let us be spiritually thinking. Amen. In Genesis 15, starting in verse 18, of course, we are reading from the Alpha Bible, the Alpha and Omega Bible, the restoration of the original scriptures. We don't go by the Catholic Bible called the King James Version. People are welcome to try to follow along any translation they have. But if we are going to be spiritual people and followers of the truth, followers of the way, followers of God Almighty, then let us mature and grow up and get away from, eventually, these corrupted Babylonian translations that very obviously, very clearly, if you've done any research at all, you could come very easily to the knowledge of the truth that the King James Version was created by the Church of England, which called themselves the Catholic Church. That is what they called themselves, the Catholic Church. 
and it was very Catholic in nature in almost every detail. This is the same Church of England that today embraces homosexual marriage and all kinds of other evil. And why would anybody want to follow a church with such roots and such fruit? Amen? If the roots be evil, so is the tree. And if the fruits be evil, then so is the tree. And when you have both the roots and the fruit being evil, then how can the tree not be evil? Amen. People need to get away from that King James Version Bible. And if you want a Bible to compare against the Alpha and Omega Bible, I would recommend something like the New American Standard or the NIV or the Amplified Bible. The King James would be the last one that I would ever prepare because it is the most corrupted among the big mainstream top sellers of Bibles. Of course, you've got the so-called Message Bible and all kinds of other junk Bibles that are even worse than the King James. But the King James is still top on the list of Bible sellers as far as the top list of Bible sellers, King James would be among the worst among the top list of Bible sellers worldwide. Now, now that I've kicked out a lot of devil worshipers just by saying that, let's move forward with the main topic about Israel. Genesis 15 verse 18 says, In that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, that is, Abraham, saying, to your seed, that is, to your descendants, your children and your grandchildren, that is your seed, I will give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river of Pritchase, which runs also even in Syria. So you see that God gave Abraham and his descendants Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Manasseh, Ephraim, Judah, the Jews, and all the tribes of Israel, not just, not just a size of land of the size of New Jersey that we see now in the Middle East called Israel, but rather land all the way into Egypt and all the way into Syria much, much, much larger than what the Jews possess today. Not only do, are they entitled to Israel, but they are entitled to Egypt and Syria and more. And it goes on to say even some of the tribes of people, the other races, the other nations, of which were promised to be given to Abraham's descendants. And it says in verse 19, the, the Kenites and the Kenazines and the Karamurians and the Tetites and the Kretazites and the Ramian and the Ammonites and the Canaanites and the, and the Hittites and the Jerzecites and the Jebusites. Now, I know I got every one of those words pronounced wrong. It don't matter. Amen. When we get to the gates of heaven, God is not going to give us a spelling bee, and he is not going to give us a test of how we pronounce words. Amen? 
and he's not also not going to say what school did you go to and what grade level did you pass Amen. we're not going to get into heaven on a college degree or on a PDF or PD, PDF, <laughs> PhD. <laughs> we're not, we don't need a PhD to get into heaven. Praise God. Amen. Who did God call in the Bible over and over and over? The underdog. Amen. The underdog and the little shepherds in the field. That is who God called. He called Jeremiah and the the usual teaching, which is probably true, is that Jeremiah was probably around sixteen years old when God first started really talking to him and calling him as a prophet. Sixteen years old. And there were colleges in that day and time schools of education and schools of religion but at 16 years old he would not have had very much teaching by that age and god still called him as a prophet and even wrote scripture more scripture than we even know about i am sure of that God usually does not call the people the PhD. Those are usually the ones that the devil calls, actually. Those that have written, published, and translated many of the world's Bibles who have the PhD and the big college education, those are the ones that the devil calls. Those are the Freemasons. Those are the secret elite behind the scenes bringing in false doctrine on purpose, hiding the truth, hiding scripture, hiding facts from the people. Amen. But we see here in these verses that God would give the land, let's count how many tribes this is, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. The land of at least 11 because there's other tribes listed in other places where he also gave the land to but at least 11 different tribes of people that their land would be taken away from them and given to abraham isaac and jacob so let's read other places because see abraham was the first of these generations that God promised the land to. But then Abraham had multiple children, and those children had multiple children. And we're going to see through these following verses that the line of inheritance was narrow, not a broad gate, but a narrow gate, a narrow way, a narrow inheritance of which particular man of each uh, generation that the promises and blessings went to. All right, so then we go to chapter 17, verse 19. Genesis 17, verse 19 to 21. Chapter 17, verse 19. And the Theos said to Abraham, Yes, behold, Sarah, your woman, 
shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. It is Isaac, not Isaac. Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him, my agreement, my promise with him for an everlasting covenant and to his seed after him, the son of Isaac, which would be Jacob. Now concerning Ishmael, Ishmael was Abraham's older son. And usually a lot of the birthright of inheritance would go to the older son, usually, normally, most of the time, even by God's own law. But it says concerning this older son, Ishmael, Behold, I have heard you, and behold, I have blessed him, and will increase him and multiply him exceedingly. Twelve nations shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But, verse 21, but I will establish my covenant, my promises of inheritance with Isaac, not Israel whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time in the next year. So we saw, yes, blessings upon the older son and his descendants, and that they would become many nations, 12 tribes in there, 12 tribes of the Arabs that came from Israel. So you got the Saudi Arabians, you got the Egyptians, you got the Syrians, you got the tribes of the Arabs. And then you have the 12 tribes. Ain't that wild that there's 12 tribes on each side? That's interesting. Amen. Because it's not talking about the 12 tribes of Israel there. Amen. Because, see, the man named Israel was called Jacob, and he was the son of Isaac. So these 12 tribes are not the 12 tribes of Israel, but the 12 tribes of Arabs. And so then, perhaps that's why, and probably some of those are not even Arabs, maybe that is why the Russians are white, and some of the other Arabs are white. A lot of the Egyptians are white. Some, some of the Egyptians are brown. Some Egyptians are white. Syrians, a lot of them are white. But all these, the 12 and the 12 on each side, all come from the loins of Abraham. So then, but notice how even though the older son would receive promises, it wasn't the promise of the covenant. The covenant was specific to the land of Israel and the blessing and the protection, the greater favor. The greater favor and the greater blessing went to the underdog, the younger son in this case. And Isaac was hated by Ishmael. And then Isaac gave birth to Jacob, who was hated by his brother Esau. Amen. So you see that whoever maintained the covenant was despised and hated by the other brother who was jealous and who wanted the birthright and who wanted the covenant, who wanted the land. And that's what we're seeing today with the Black Lives Matters, with the communists, with the Arabs, with the Palestinians, with the Muslims, is that they are jealous of the tribes 
that came from Isaac and Jacob. They are jealous. It is racial. We have to face the fact that God does pay favors based upon race. We have to accept that reality. It's what we just read, that he would give the lamb of all these tribes that we count, 11 that we count, that he would take away their land of those races, and they were races, and give it to these descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We see even, even in the new earth that shall come a thousand and one hundred years after Jesus comes back, that the names of Israel will still be engraved in God's heart, in God's mind, in the, in the temple, not the temple, but the city of Jerusalem, in the city of Jerusalem, their names will be established. It doesn't say that the names of the Arabs will be engraved in, in the gates and city. No. No. You're not going to have the name of Syria and uh, Saudi Arabia or Russia and China. You're not going to have those names engraved in the city of Paradise and New Jerusalem. But you will have the name of Judah. You will have the name of the Jews. You will have the name of David and Isaac and Abraham and Jacob and Manasseh and Ephraim. You will have the names of those people. Amen. Now, God makes it clear in the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, God makes it clear that even the Gentiles are called to salvation, and anyone can be saved regardless of whether they are Jew or Greek, and that means regardless of whether they are white or black, brown or yellow, regardless of what tribe, regardless of what race, regardless of what language, we know that there will be many from every race, from every tribe, from every language on earth, many will be saved. That is promised to us in the Bible. But nevertheless, even though anybody can be saved, a parent does have a favorite child. And there must be an inheritor. There must be a main inheritor. There must be a leader. There must be somebody that is entrusted with the covenant, that is entrusted with the birthright, that is entrusted with the greater responsibility. That is nature itself. Even nature teaches us that. How humans are dominant over animals and are given greater responsibility, greater power, greater ability. But animals are a great creation. The gorillas, I love gorillas, the monkeys, I just love them. They're among my favorites. And they're very talented, very intelligent, very smart. Dogs are very intelligent. Cats are very intelligent. There's a lot of very intelligent animals. The dolphins, the elephants, the lions, they are very, very intelligent. 
but God gave the dominion of the earth to subdue it, amen, to humanity. Amen. We must realize all truth. All truth. And whatever God decides, that is the way it shall be. Who are we to play God and say that God is unfair? He is the potter. We are the pottery. He made us. We have no right to second-guess God. We have no right to say, if I was God, I would do it different. When you say that, you should knock your teeth out of your own head with your own fist because that is how stupid and ridiculous and blasphemous of a statement that is. Nobody has a right to second-guess God. And anybody that says such blasphemous words should be fearful about whether they wake up the next day or not. People need to understand how serious that is to say such things. That if they were God, they would do it different. People need to understand how serious that is because God hears every word and every intent of our heart. Amen. And we will be held accountable. It might not be that day, but sooner or later, we will be held accountable for such outrageous, blasphemous, hateful words. Because those are words of hate against God. When you say such thing, you are saying that God is not right, that God is not fair, that God doesn't know what he's doing, that God is a fool. And you're calling God a fool when you say that you know better than God. And the Bible says repeatedly that we have no right to such way of thinking. It's dark, as evil, it's ridiculous. Amen. We must accept God's wisdom. We must accept that he knows the future and the past and the present, the in and the out. He knows all things. He knows better than we do. Amen. There must be leaders upon the earth. There must be leaders, leader nations upon the earth. Amen. But we say that the, the promises went from Abraham to Isaac and not to Israel. Then let's go to the next generation, after Isaac. Let's go to chapter 28. Genesis 28, verse 10. And we'll read from verse 10 through verse 15. Genesis 28, verse 10. And Jacob went forth from the well of the oak and departed into a place called Haran. And came to a certain place and slept there, for the sun had gone down. And he took one of the stones of the place and put it at his head and lay on it to sleep in that place, used a stone for a pillow, and dreamed. And behold, in the dream, he saw a stairway 
fixed on the earth whose top leads to heaven. And the angels of the Theos ascended and descended, going up and down on this stairway. It says in the footnote here in the Alpha and Omega Bible, this ladder or this stairway represented Jesus Christ. See John 151, that Jesus is the way, he is the door between Theos and man, between heaven and earth, whose top reached to heaven. Pictures his resurrection and his glory. And so verse 13, the Lord stood upon it and said, I am the Theos of your father Abraham and the Theos of Isaac. Fear not, the land on which you lay down, to you I will give it and to your seed, your descendants. He's speaking to Jacob, the son of Isaac. And your seed should be as the sand of the earth, and it's to spread abroad to the sea and to the south and to the north and to the east. And in you and in your seed shall all the tribes of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with you to preserve you continually in all the way wherein you should go, and I will bring you back to this land. And I will not desert you until I have done all that I have said Amen. So we see very clearly that this covenant of the land, the inheritance of the land, extended in every direction, the north, the south, the east, the west, that's, and that there would be many descendants even as the number of the sand. So that's more than who could fit in the size of the land that we see in the tiny, tiny little nation of Judah and the nation of Israel that we see today. Amen. This covenant went from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. Now, if we continue along that, that seed, those descendants, Jacob had 12 sons, as we said. One of those sons was named Judah. That would be the Jews. Judah, they are the Jews. The other sons included Manasseh, which was the forefathers of America. Ephraim, which is England, and Manasseh would be the descendants of the Anglo-Saxon Americans. Uh, you got Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. A lot of Africa at one time was British, British-owned, British-dominated, British-subdued by the blessings of God, by the power of God. Amen. Those were the tribes of Ephraim that used to rule Africa and India and much of the world. Amen. You see that God gave land to the north, to the south, to the west, to the east, even the land of other people. If we think spiritually and physically both, if we use common sense and if we use the Bible as our guide, whenever any nation, whenever any nation comes against the Lord, he will bring invasion against that nation. And if God's people, Israel, will stand up and subdue that land, and take it by force, God will give them the victory. 
It doesn't matter where on earth it is. Amen. Really, all the land of the entire earth belongs to the Lord, and he would give it to his people that follow him. Amen. America has a history of being the policeman of the world for a very righteous reason. Amen. To bring justice upon the earth, to bring God's kingdom upon the earth. The land of Israel, which includes Manasseh and Ephraim, which includes the greatest commonwealth in America, not only the Jews, but America and the greatest commonwealth, we rule the earth with a fist of iron because it is our duty, it is our inheritance, it is our birthright, it is our responsibility. Amen. And we have, by those invasions, brought the knowledge of God to heathen lands, to people who did not know of the God of Israel, to people who were not taught the Bible. And many people have praised God for the invasion of their own land and of their own people so that God could be known in their land. Amen. It is not about dumping people under our feet just because we don't like their skin color or their language or something like that. No. But it's about establishing God's kingdom upon the entire earth. At least the Muslims understand that somebody needs to do God's work and bring God's kingdom in every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every race. That the nations of this world must fall to bring in God's kingdom in every land. The Muslims know that and are very active in what they think is God, in what they think is the right law and the right way. But we have, and of course, they are following Satan and trying to bring Satan's kingdom in. But they don't know that. We've got to at least, at least give credit due where credit is due. That at least Muslims are willing to fight. At least Muslims are willing, even in the case of Black Lives Matters and Antifa, which are Muslims and communists and Nazis, the group is 666, at least they're willing to stand up and fight and do something and overthrow nations. Whereas the typical white Christian and black Christians, Christians in general, are lazy and complacent and won't get up to do anything to conquer nations or to pull down heathen nations in heathen ways. But thank God that he establishes rulers of the people that are at times willing to invade 
to conquer, to subdue in the purpose of bringing righteousness, bringing justice. America never goes in just because we want to, just because we want that land, just because we want that oil. That is a lie of the devil. We don't invade any land just because we want the oil. Don't believe that propaganda. Yes, we take the oil when we invade it because it's ours once we conquer it. Amen? But we don't go for the oil. Don't believe such lies. We do not go for the oil. We go because their dictators need to be overthrown. That's why we go in. We're the police of the world because we are the people that God chose to be the leaders of the world, not just a piece of land the size of New Jersey. Amen. God's people need to stand up and be counted. Amen. And do something. Amen. And let's go to chapter 35, verse 11 and 12. Genesis 35, verse 11, and the Theo said to him, to Jacob, let's go back up here to verse 10. Verse 10, and the Theo said to him, your name shall not be called Jacob, or at least any longer, but Jezreel, shall your, be your name. And so he called his name Jezreel. He changed Jacob's name to Jezreel. And the Theo said to him, I am your almighty alpha. Increase and multiply. It was a command. Increase and multiply. Amen. Notice God didn't say please. Amen. <laughs> Did you ever see the word please anywhere in the Bible? <laughs> God is the commander. Amen. God is the commander in chief. Amen. He is in control. He says, jump, you say, how high? Amen. God doesn't have to say please. He doesn't say maybe. He doesn't say perhaps. He says it, and that is the way it goes. You don't like it, hit the door. Amen. So he tells Jezreel, you got to multiply. You got to increase and multiply. You got to get busy, man. Amen. For nations and gatherings of nations shall be of you, and kings shall come out of your loins. Presidents, kings, prime ministers shall come from your loins, meaning you're going to give birth to these people. And the land which I gave to Abraham and to Isaac, I have given it to you. And it shall come to pass that I will give this land also to your seed after you. And we know the twelve sons, Judah, Manasseh, Ephraim, Reuben, and so forth. Amen. So you see that, yes, absolutely, the land belongs to Judah. And not only does that land in Israel belong to Judah, but it also belongs to even the United States. Because we are a part of Israel. We are a tribe of Israel. And therefore, America has every right and duty and responsibility to be involved in Israel, to be involved in the Israeli defense, to help them with funding for their military, training for their military, 
sell them military jets and tanks, support them in their politics and their policies, to support Israel in defense and economy, and any other thing that America does to support Israel, that is our duty. That is our responsibility. One thing I cannot stand is these libertarians that say that we should not have anything to do with Israel. Let them just be. That's a very dangerous policy, and that is the policy of the Democrats. The Democrats. Libertarians are no better than Democrats. No better than Democrats. Libertarians are trying to ride the fence because they're too wimpy to make a stand for what is right. They want to be just pathicists and just sit on the fence and not support anyone, not invade anyone, not conquer anyone, not subdue anyone, not take any land, not fund anyone, not support anyone, just let every nation on earth do whatever they want to do. And that's the devil's motto. It's just do whatever you want to do. And just let them do it. Don't judge anyone. Don't call out anyone for their sin. Don't call out anyone for their evil. Just let them be. That is the way of Satan, and that is the way of the libertarians. Whereas the Democrats will fund the evil, the libertarians will say, just let everybody be. We won't fund anybody. And they're both evil. Because when you refuse to stand up for what's right, you allow the enemy to take control. Amen? Amen. When you refuse to stand up against the wickedness and against the dictators and against the evil nations, you allow that evil to conquer what is good. You allow the bully to bully the world. If we do not support our brother Israel, Israel would not exist. The Arabs would have already completely wiped out and destroyed Israel if it wasn't for American support. We know what Germany did and Hitler. The same thing would have already been done by now by the Saudi Arabians, by the Egyptians, by the Syrians, by the Lebanese, and all kinds of other groups around there. Would have already wiped out and destroyed every Jew on the planet if it wasn't for the British and the Americans standing up for what's right. There's got to be a world policeman. And it must be those that God has chosen. Amen. And not allow it to be the devil. America has every right to support and fund Israel in every possible way. The duty to do so, in fact. Amen. Now, we must, anytime we're talking about this, we must address the propaganda. Propaganda, including twisting of the Holy Scriptures. The devil always wants to use the Scripture as a weapon against the truth. He will twist and distort Scripture. 
And let's take a perfect example of that is the book of Revelation. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 2. A lot of people hate the Jews, persecute the Jews. There's all kinds of propaganda all across the Internet. The Internet is absolutely wicked. I understand that I use the Internet. And many of you found this ministry on the Internet. Praise God for that. But if we had a pair of scales to weigh the evidence, you put all the evil on one scale and you put all the righteousness on the other scale. You weigh the evidence of the fruit of the Internet. The evil will outweigh the good by 10 billion times. 10 billion times. The Internet is full and overflowing with wickedness of every kind, including very much, tons and tons and tons of propaganda against America, against capitalism, against Jesus Christ, against the truth, against God's law, God's ways, against Judah, against Israel, and people left and right, including so-called Christians, fall for that propaganda and just eat it up. They love it. Christians love propaganda that speak against and curse God's own people, Israel. And that is the plan of the Muslims. That is the plan of Hitler, the black horse. Amen. That is the plan of the Arabs. That is the plan of Ishmael and Esau. That is the plan of those that wage war against God's chosen people, Israel. They won't people all across the world to think that America is evil and to think that the Jews are evil and they would twist the Bible to make people believe it. So they twist this in Revelation 2 verse 9. I know your tribulation and your poverty but you are rich and the the blasphemy by those who say that they are Jews and are not but are a synagogue of Satan. So here it says there are somebody who say they are Jews, but they are not Jews. They are the synagogue of Satan. So the propaganda is that the land of Israel, the prime minister and the leaders and the inhabitants of Israel, that they say they're Jews, but they are not. And that is really twisting this because you know what? Underline that word or circle would be better. Circle the word synagogue. What is a synagogue? A synagogue is a church. It is where people go to worship. Right? So is it talking about a race of people? Or is it talking about religious worship? Use some common sense there. And also... Think spiritually. 
It doesn't say people who say they're white and they're not. <laughs> okay? It's not about a race in that verse. It's not talking about a race of people. But rather, it is talking about spiritual worship. And we have to allow the Bible to interpret itself. Because when we try to give the Bible its own interpretation or our own interpretation, we go wrong. We've got to always try to give the Bible the first priority on interpreting itself so that we don't use our own imagination. Amen? So it has a footnote here in Alpha and Omega Bible about Romans 2. So let's turn to Romans 2, verse 28. We'll start actually in verse 25 in Romans 2. Romans 2, 25. And this is what you've got to do when you read the Bible, is you've got to compare verse with another verse, another chapter, another book of the Bible. You've got to cross-reference. Cross-reference means you stop reading a certain verse so that you can look up in another chapter or another book of the Bible a related word or a related, related topic so that you get the meaning to where you allow the Bible to interpret itself so that you can understand what it really is saying and not jump to conclusions and not fall for the lies and the twisting. Amen. Romans 2, verse 25. For indeed, circumcision is of value if you practice the law, but if you are a transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. In other words, say, for example, if a man was circumcised, but he wasn't keeping the Sabbath, or he wasn't keeping the holy day. There's a lot of men in the United States that are circumcised, but they don't even know about the Sabbath, and they don't keep God's holy days, and they don't even try to live for God. So that circumcision is in vain, and it does not save them. It's like your once saved, always saved prayer. You say one prayer when you're four years old, and then you're saved for the rest of your life. That's foolish. How can you get saved at four years old or five or six years old? You don't even know the value of a $5 bill. You don't even know the value of a $1 bill when you're four, five, and six years old. And yet, you think that just saying a prayer is going to save you? You don't know nothing about God's law. You don't know nothing really about the devil and spiritual warfare. You've not even learned how to be obedient yet and to act grown up yet. It's ridiculous what people believe and what people have been told and what preachers are teaching people. It's pretty insane what preachers are teaching people. Amen. But the circumcision is not of value if he cannot live for God. If he's not lawful to God, if he's not obedient to God, then that circumcision is no good. 
and verse 26. So if the uncircumcised man keeps the ordinance of the law, but not his uncircumcision, they regard it as circumcision. For and he who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will he not judge you who through the letter of the law is circumcision or a transgressor of the law? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. Underline that. He is not a Jew who is one outwardly. Think about that. He is not a Jew who is one outwardly. So spiritually thinking, when it comes to religion, now we know what the Bible says, and I've already preached it hard today, about the physical part of Israel. But if we think spiritually about salvation and who can follow Jesus and obey Jesus and enter into the promises of eternal life, spiritually, a Jew is not one in the body, in the skin, but rather in the heart, in the mind, in obedience, in servitude to God. Amen. So we have to allow the Bible to interpret itself, and the Bible just did interpret Revelation chapter 2. It just interpreted it. Amen. That didn't come from Pastor Tim. That didn't come from Apostle Zimmerman. That didn't come from I Saw the Light Ministries. That's not my opinion. It's not my belief. It's not my doctrine. It's not my teaching. It's the Bible. It's what the Bible says that spiritually about salvation, it is one who has been circumcised in the heart. says verse 28, For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but a Jew is one who is one inwardly, spiritually, and circumcision is that of the heart by the spirit and not by the letter, and his praise is not from men, but from Theos. Amen. But if we apply that to Revelation 2 about who is the synagogue of Satan, a spiritual Jew is a true Christian. A spiritual true Jew is a true follower of Jesus Christ who is circumcised in his heart and his mind. Amen. So the synagogue of Satan then is Babylon. Babylon, the church of Babylon, false religion, all false religion. That would be the Baptist church. That would be the assemblies of God. That would be the Pentecostals. That would be Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, Catholics, Seventh-day Adventists, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, and the Wanning cults. All false religion is the synagogue, the church of Satan. Amen? Amen. So it's not talking about a race of people. So Revelation 2 does not prove that the Jews are not Jews. It has nothing to do with a race there. After all, 
Revelation 2 is a letter to the church about obedience and sin and salvation. It has nothing to do with a race of people. Another myth, another piece of propaganda is DNA studies. Some DNA studies on the different groups of the Jews supposedly say that these people are not true Jews. But if you look at other studies done on the exact same different type of Jews, other studies confirm that they are Jews. So we have conflicting results. We have conflicting DNA studies. But the people that want to hate the people that want to hate Israel, the people that want to hate the Jews, they will always just pick and choose. Oh, that particular study proved that they are not real Jews while ignoring, completely ignoring, the other more real DNA studies that say that they are true Jews. And the fact is, that the studies that said that they are not Jews were studies that were conducted by Muslims and Democrats, Nazis, and communists. People that I wouldn't trust a penny with, amen? People who I would not leave my wife in the room alone with. So why, why would we trust those people with a scientific study? These are the same people that we know for a fact on purpose destroy archaeological evidence of Israel. Amen. So we have archaeological evidence overwhelmingly that proves that the Hebrews were in the land of Israel far and beyond the modern nation of Judah today. We have archaeological evidence overwhelmingly that the Hebrews were there on the Temple Mount and Mount Zion and Bethlehem and all of Judea, Galilee, all across the land of Israel for thousands and thousands of years, more than 3,000 years, even 4,000, 5,000, and 6,000 years. We have archaeological evidence that the Hebrews were there. Whereas the Muslims say, no, they were not there. And they didn't have a temple. The Muslims say there was no such Jewish temple. Well, I see it in the Bible. I see it in the Bible. And, and the Jews, I mean, uh, the Muslims say they believe in the book of Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and the prophets and Jeremiah and all that. How can you say that and, and, and hate the Jews at the same time? How can you say that? Such hypocrisy. We see the temple in the Bible and we have archeological evidence that it was there. But yet it is established fact that the Muslims and Arabs are constantly, constantly in Israel trying to destroy 
the archaeological evidence. They hate facts. They hate truth. Even though it is facts and proof that they can actually see and actually touch, instead of sharing it with the world, they will take a sledgehammer and mash it to pieces. Muslims do not love God. And they do not love the truth. And they do not love righteousness. Muslims are the most hypocritical, evil, wicked people upon this earth. And that's just truth. If you don't like it, you can hit the door. But that is the truth. And I'm not going to sugarcoat the truth for anyone. Amen. The fact is that the Palestinians, that they are actually, if you want to do a DNA study on who these people are, they are Egyptians, Saudi Arabians, Lebanese, Syrians. They are people that have a home, that have a land that they could go back to if they want to. Let them go back home. Let them go back to Egypt. Let them go back to Saudi Arabia, wherever that they came from, because they are no such thing as a Palestinian, except for that some of them are the descendants of the Philistines. That God gave the land of the Philistines and the Canaanites and all of those wicked people, God gave that land to Israel. Absolutely. The Bible said it, and I believe it. Amen. Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 12. This is a serious matter. A lot of people think, well, it don't really matter. But it does. It does matter. As I said before, if you allow the evil people to just do what they want, they will conquer righteous people. They will destroy. They will murder. They will do everything that's wicked. We have to stand up, not only as a nation, but as Christians, as God's church, as the followers of God. We must stand up against the wickedness. We must make our voice known that we support Israel. It is our duty. It is our responsibility. To not allow the bullies to conquer. Genesis 12, verse 1. And the Lord said to Abram, Go forth out of the land, out of your land, and out of your kindred, your people, your family, and out of the house of your father, and come into the land which I will show you. Now, at the time, Abraham was in the land of Syria and of Syria, Iraq, that area in there. But it wasn't Abraham's choice. Abraham didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what? I think I want to move. The rent here is too high. 
I can't afford the electric bill. There's better jobs over there in the land of Canaan. No, it wasn't that. But rather, God said, leave your family, leave your land, and go to that land of Canaan, which is now the land of Judah, the land of Israel. God said to do it. It wasn't his own choice. Verse 2, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and magnify your name, and you will be blessed. And I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And in you shall all the tribes of the earth be blessed. Now, all the tribes of the earth have not been blessed through the Arabs. If you look at their scientific advancements, it's almost non-existent in them. Almost all good medical advancements have come from Israel and the United States. Civilization itself, how to build tall buildings, how to have electricity, how to do uh, anything that is advancement uh, in knowledge, in understanding, science, comes from Israel and America by far. The Arabs don't know how to do anything but build uh, temples to idols. We have to face that reality. And they should wake up to their own problems. Every race should wake up to their own problems and accept responsibility for their own race. And if everybody was to accept responsibility for the problems within their own race and fix it themselves, then they wouldn't have to have God come in and conquer them. Amen. God did send prophets to the land of Africa before bringing in the British. God gave the Africans opportunity to repent. I know this is true because that is God's nature. That is God's character. I guarantee you that if a person was to dig and research enough, it might take a lot of research, it might take a lot of digging, you might have to even go to Africa and interview people, but I bet you if you did enough study and enough research, you could find the stories, the true stories, of where prophets were sent to Africa saying, repent or else this land will be invaded by the white people. I guarantee you that they was forewarned. And the people laughed. And the people mocked. And the people continued in their witchcraft. Amen. And the same with the so-called Native American Indians. I know for a fact I've heard the legends, I've heard the stories where the Indians themselves have said repeatedly that God, the Great Spirit, sent prophets repeatedly. There were Indian prophets that said, I've heard from God and he's going to bring in people of white skin to invade us and take over us and to subdue us and to kill us if we do not repent of our worship of idols, false gods, if we do not repent of our sins, 
we will be conquered by invading people. I know that for, for a fact. I've seen it. I've heard it repeatedly. It happens. And the same is true with the Jews before Hitler. And all throughout history, before the Assyrian invasion, before the Babylonian invasion, God always, always, always forewarns, even as he did with Jonah going into the land of Assyria. And the people actually did repent. And God did not bring the invasion until the people stopped repenting and went back to their sins, and then the invasion came. It did come. Genesis 12, verse 1. Verse 2, verse 3. What I see there is that this is an important topic because if we hate the Jews, if we hate Israel, if we hate America, because we are Israel, if people in Africa or Europe or anywhere on this earth, if they want to hate America, because of the propaganda, the lies, then they are caught in deception, but also God will still hold them accountable. The Bible says that at one time, God used to wink or turn the blind eye at ignorance, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent. And that means that now ignorance is no longer an excuse. We've got the internet. We've got libraries, we've got books, we've got knowledge now more than ever before in all of human history. So back a long time ago, God would overlook the ignorance. Amen. But now that we have the internet, even the poor people in Africa have the internet. Now there is no excuse. We can look up the facts. Amen. But if they want to curse Israel, they will be cursed. But if we bless Israel and stand with Israel and support Israel and defend Israel, then God will defend us. But the Democrats, they want to throw Israel overboard. The Democrats want to throw Israel to the lions. The Democrats want Israel to be invaded because the Democrats support Iran. The Democrats fund Iran. The Democrats fund Islam while persecuting Christians. Look at the book of Numbers 24. Numbers 24. Page 182. Page 182, if you have uh, paperbacks, Numbers 24, verse 5, verse 5 through 9. Numbers 24, verse 5, page 182. Numbers 24, verse 5. 
How goodly are your habitations, Jacob, and your tents, Jezreel. As shady groves, Robert, write down that. Numbers 24, verse 5. See if we can goodly to a something that sounds better. How as shady groves and as gardens by a river and as tents which Theos pitched and as cedars by the waters, there shall come a man out of his seed, out of Israel, and he shall rule over many nations, and his kingdom shall be exalted higher than Gog, that's higher than Russia and China, and his kingdom shall be increased. Theos led him out of Egypt. He has, as it were, the glory of a rhinoceros, meaning powerful, strong. He shall consume the nations of his enemies, and he shall drain their marrow, their bone marrow, meaning drain their energy, drain their power, take their power away, and with his darts he shall shoot through the enemy. He lay down, he rested as a lion, as a young lion. Who shall stir him up? They that bless you are blessed, and they that curse you are cursed. It seems like it's talking about uh, Jesus would come from Israel out of the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob of the tribe of Judah. It could also maybe talk about David as well. I don't know, but definitely a very strong indication of Jesus in there for sure. If we want to hate the Jews, is not Jesus a Jew? It doesn't make sense to hate the Jews. It doesn't make sense to hate the Jews. Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, our God, amen, our God is a Jew. Amen. If we bless Israel, we will be blessed. If we curse Israel, we will be cursed. And that includes not only the Jews, but America. Now, of course, we acknowledge that most of the Jews today are antichrist. They reject Jesus Christ. They follow false religion. We acknowledge the facts, all the facts. And they need to be saved. But we say this about all the races and everyone on earth. The whole world is lost. The whole world follows false religion. The whole world is in the synagogue of Satan. Everyone. So we're not targeting the Jews by saying the truth that they need to get saved and that they're antichrist. We're not targeting the Jews. That is true of all the tribes and all the races on earth, including the Americans. Therefore, just by acknowledging that fact, we're not cursing Israel. Instead, we support Israel as evidenced by our newsletter, how we support Israel, as evidenced by today's sermon, and many sermons and many articles and things. We support Israel. We stand in defense. We stand in defense with Israel on Israel's side. But they've got to get saved, as the whole world does. Amen. We are not anti-Zionists, meaning we are not Jew-haters. And that word Zionist is another big propaganda thing. 
people on the internet have been taught all kinds of lies. A lot of those articles are written by Nazis and Muslims and communists and Democrats. A Zionist is simply a person that acknowledges that God gave the land to Israel, that Israel has the right to the land, and that Israel has a right to prosper economically, militarily, and in every aspect, in every way, shape, and form, that Israel has a right to exist and prosper. That is, that's all a Zionist is. And that the Jews have a right to return there if they won't. And that America should support them. That Israel should even expand their borders. That's the only thing a Zionist is. A Zionist is not a Satan worshiper. You got to stop falling for the Islamic propaganda. The communists, the Nazis, those three groups of sixes, those three groups of people, the Nazis, the Muslims, and the communists, they want you to turn against Israel. That is part of Satan's plan, is to turn the whole world against God's chosen people. To turn the whole world against America. To turn the whole world against Christians. To turn the whole world against the Bible. Amen. That is the devil's plan. The word Zion, Zion in the Bible is a biblical word for the land of Israel. So a person that lives a person that lives inside the United States and supports the United States is an American. A person that supports Israel is a Zionist. Amen. It is not a Satanist. This is not a religion. It is support of Israel. That is what a Zionist is. I am glad to stand here today to say I am a Zionist because Jesus was a Zionist. God Almighty is a Zionist. He supports Israel. He has chosen Israel to conquer the world. He has chosen the Jews and Americans and the British to conquer the world. God blessed the Jews. God blessed Israel. God bless America. Amen. People need to get down on their knees and beg God to open their eyes to the truth regardless of what it is. And that's a very, very, very bold prayer that most people never in their entire life never say, never ask for. People go all the way from birth to 110 years old and not once ask God to open their eyes to the truth regardless and no matter what it may be. Because then you can expect God to change your mind about things. People don't like that. People want to stay stuck in their own opinions to whatever they have read on the internet, to whatever their parents and grandparents taught them, to whatever the local pastor taught them, that is what they want to stay stuck in. They don't want to ask God to show them the truth no matter what it is, because that would demand change. 
change in how you look at things, what you believe, and how you live. That would be too much for most people. People don't want to take up the cross and carry it and deny themselves and deny their own opinions and deny their family. Most people don't want to do any of that. That is too hard and difficult for them. That if that is too hard and difficult for you, then the blood on the cross of Jesus Christ is also too difficult for you to embrace and to claim. And your claim to the blood of Christ is in vain if you do not support it. This is a live or die situation. This is a live or die baptism, resurrection, salvational issue. If you don't support Israel, I cannot baptize you. If you don't support Israel, you're not welcome in this place. If you don't support Israel, you're not welcome as my friend on the internet because you're cursed in the name of Jesus Christ. How can anyone say they don't know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. God will not tolerate ignorance when it's written in the Bible. Over and over and over and over and over is written in the Bible. Why don't you read it and accept it, what it says, and believe it, for it is so. Jesus signed the letter. He signed it at the bottom of the page saying, it is true. It is faithful. Turn there in Revelation 22. Amen. Praise God. Let's see his copyright at the bottom there. Amen. Praise God. Look at verse 16, Revelation 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things. This is his testimony. To testify to you these things for the congregation to call, or for the congregation to call out ones. I am the root and the descendant of David. He's a, he is establishing his birthright. Amen. He's establishing even his physical tribe. Here in the New Covenant, here in the New Testament, even on the last page of the entire Bible as we have it right now, he says, I am an Israelite. Amen. The I am of David. Amen. In verse 20, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ gave you all. Amen. But also, I think in chapter 21, let's see if I can find these verses about these words are true, these words are faithful. Where's that? There it is, 22, verse 6. 22, verse 6. And he said to me, these words are faithful and true 
And the Lord of Theos, of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show to his bondservants the things which must soon take place. Amen. These words are faithful and true. He used the amen. And that word amen does not mean praise God. I wish people would come, and I've said that a million times over the years, and it does no good. Because still, people still use that word the wrong way. It means that I agree that this is true. This is true. This is faithful. This is the fact that I have heard. I agree because it is true. It is faithful. It is true. It's a true statement. Amen. And it is. Amen. It is. And that's Jesus' copyright on the entire Bible. Amen. God is so good to us. Finally, I want to remind everybody of the holy days coming up very, very, very quickly now. The Fiesta of Trumpets on September the 18th. So that is three weeks away. On Friday the 18th is the Fiesta of Trumpets. And that's going to picture, foreshadow the, the blowing of uh, actually the uh, seventh seal, which includes seven trumpets that will be blown in the final year. That seventh seal will be opened one year before we are called up to heaven if we make it in in the first resurrection. So that is a glorious anniversary of what shall yet come, yet come. September 18th, Friday, will be a Sabbath. No work, no school, no homework. Uh, it will be a day of worship and rest. We'll have special services that Friday. So we have services two days in a row, Friday and Saturday. And then the next holy day after that is the Day of Atonement. September the 27th, Sunday. So again, three days in a row, Saturday and Sunday. And we'll be fasting from Saturday sunset until Sunday sunset. For those 24 hours, we'll be fasting. And then after that, the Fiesta of Tabernacles from October the 2nd through the 8th. And you are to set up your tents on October 1st because October 2nd will be a day of rest and worship. So you don't need to be unpacking and setting up the tent and all that on the holy day. So you guys set it up on the previous day, October 1st. And then the last great day, the day after the feast, will be October the 9th. And so that'll be a Friday. So again, services Friday and Saturday. And that weekend, and then we'll take down the tents on Sunday, October the 11th. If at all possible, everyone should go camping in tents for the Fiesta of Tabernacles using your second tithes. If you don't know about second tithes yet, I do have a link on MeWe and in the notes for the sermon to the tithes article, which is simply I saw the light ministries.com slash tithes.html. Learn about the second tithes. That is God's way of financing, saving up all year. So that you can go to a campground and go camping, buy a tent, whatever you need. If we are, if we are obedient to God in tithing, 
both our first and second tithes, then we'll have the money to do obedience to God. Now, I understand that some people have come into the truth only recently, and therefore you wouldn't have the money saved up. And so in that case, if you can't go to a paid campground, maybe you might be able to find a free campground or uh, somebody's yard or somebody's field. Maybe you know somebody that has a yard or a field that you can set up a tent in. Maybe you can even borrow a tent, maybe. If you ask, if you seek a way, then maybe God will provide a way. If you don't seek in the first place, then God ain't going to provide. Seek and you'll suffice. You might think you don't know anyone. You might think you can't borrow one. But if you don't ask, then how can it be accomplished? I do encourage people to seek, to try to find a way to be obedient to God's commandments. And at last resort, perhaps you can trade apartments, trade houses with a friend or something for, the, for that week of the fiesta of tabernacles. Explain to a family member or a friend that you need to stay in a temporary dwelling for a week. And uh, uh, maybe they would be willing to change houses or apartments with you for that time. That would be better than nothing. But a better situation, if at all possible, would be to stay in tents. That's what God's true will is for us. But he is also permissive to allow us to do what we can do if we can do it to the fullness, then God is very permissive. God is very understanding. Perhaps you can rent a motel room, rent a cabin, uh, rent a house that's empty for only one week. If you don't ask, then you don't know. Don't assume in that. And also, you can find out more about all these holy days on the website and find out more about the Alpha and Omega Bible, the restoration of the original scriptures at isawthelightministries.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you very, very much for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Same time, same same channel next week. God bless you. Have a good night. Have a good day. All of this in Jesus' name. Amen. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.